Welcome to another episode of CX Talks. I am Tom Carpenter, one of our CX specialists here, and I'm joined by Matt and Ben. Matt, do you want to introduce yourself? I'm Matt. I've got about 20 years' experience of working in CRM customer experience. Um, probably the low light of my career was being head of customer data um, at a major corporation. Thanks, Matt and Ben. I'm Ben Lover, so I've got around 12, 13 years' experience in, in consulting. One of the highlights of my career was what recent CRM implementation for a, a global information services firm. Amazing. Unfortunately, I'm the baby of the group, only with about 10 years' experience, but most of that time has been in digital transformation in some ways. So today we're going to talk to you about some of the things you can do to ensure a successful digital transformation, and we've split that into four areas which you need to think about. So that's the business, the organization, the customer, and technology. So today we'll give you a little bit of a summary of why those things are important, like what they are, um, and then you can listen to further podcasts to hear in a little bit more detail how you actually go about ensuring those things are done during the transformation. So Matt, from a business point of view, what important things do you think people need to think about for a successful digital transformation? I think the first thing to think about is how does your transformation align to your your business strategy and how are you going to measure its success? One of the things that when someone comes up with an idea within Clarisys itself is, well, that's a great idea, but how are you going to know you're succeeding at it? So what is the measure for that? And because that makes it easier then to make decisions along the way uh, when someone says, actually, we should do this extra thing. Well, does it add to the measure or does it take away from the measure? I, th- I think it also provides your your guiding star. So so what you're actually aiming for. So the alignment that you're going to get for the rest of the organization to say, actually, we're pointing towards this thing. This is where we want to get to. So there may be some bumps along the way, but you can always refer to that that aim, that return that you're aiming for as a business. Um, and I think that really helps with the buy-in from all of your stakeholders. I think a lot of organizations as well use KPIs in their business operations, but the clarity of how that relates back to your business strategy um, is really important here as well to make sure it's kind of measurable and achievable. Yeah, and I think a trap people can fall into is that the technology organization might have a KPI to reduce their their spend or to make sure that the resilience is there within a technology. So they come up with a, a technology strategy that solves that, but the business is not a cross-functional KPI. So it, there's a technology-led transformation on one side that's forgotten about what the business strategy is and is trying to push the business to change, and the business doesn't really want to change. So you end up often with something that, is very difficult for people to get behind because they feel like it's being imposed on them. So that's kind of the what. Why is it important to have business alignment more generally, do you think? Well, well, in my experience, that when you come to some quite difficult scoping decisions, everyone across the organisation are going to have different priorities. They'll be saying, okay, my particular area of the business need this urgently because we're gonna, we won't be able to achieve our targets if we don't. Um, I think having that overarching... Uh, vision, aim for the for the business, for the organisation, you can then get everybody in a room to say, actually, what are our priorities on our roadmap? This this is important to all of us, this is important to the organisation rather than just my particular area. So I think in terms of the why, I think that's really powerful in my experience, getting everybody in a room to say, actually, our targets when we set out on, on this delivery were to achieve this. Um, if we were to make slightly different prioritisation decisions, which way too heavily on a particular part of the organization i think you're going to lose some of the overarching value so i think that's really powerful 
Yeah, and it seems simple kind of having something written down and discussed, but often you see in technology transformations people going with different agendas and they all have different ideas of what success looks like and it's it's not clearly discussed on a regular basis how it aligns the original kind of strategy. And keep referring back to it, which is which is key because um, often you can get a, a dusty business case which which you don't refer back to during delivery. Making sure you're refreshing yourself as often as possible where you're trying to get to is really important because people come and go during the way as well. Yeah, and you're right. I guess ability to flex that as well. It's not always going to remain static. The business might change if it's a long technology program. So referencing back to that. I think that point is really important, actually. Accepting change as a thing that is useful to the business is really quite crucial because often what happens is there's a reluctance to accept change and to make change see change as the enemy, whereas actually if the business has moved on, then... Of course, we should change the way processes, technology supports that, but we should do that in a way that's justified. Um, so tying back to the business case as change happens is is the way you can do that without it becoming a fight. Agreed. And I think we'll talk about this a little bit later on and probably more detail on another podcast, but some of the challenges of doing things in an iterative and agile way are you agree something in the business case and you must deliver it. So learning of flexibility there is, is helpful. So moving on to kind of organizational aspects, what successful things do you need to consider for digital transformations around organization? I think I think this is a this is a really challenging area of a digital transformation. I think often a big transformation is commissioned by C level um, and often the, the team leads, the functional leads are the guys that are actually executing on the transformation. So I think in an ideal world you'd be very, very lucky if an out-of-the-box solution covers all of the needs of all of your stakeholders from de- from day one. I think there's going to be some compromise along the way, but I think being very clear from an organisational perspective, where are the benefits going to land for each of the different teams as we as we go along the roadmap? I think it's key to to be very very clear. Um, and when you're having those difficult conversations around priorities and when are our benefits are actually going to be achieved, you've got a very clear roadmap. So. People can say, well, I might not get my benefits this quarter, but I know that I'm next in line to achieve mine um, the second quarter. And so, so it really helps with, with the buy-in and, and the success that you're going to be able to achieve for the transformation. Yeah, I think that that's really important. I think the other thing is that understanding the level of business readiness within the organization helps you design what the priority looks like. And it might also inform which things you go for first, which actually helps you understand where you're going to get return on investment but also potentially from technology point of view allows you to take out risk along the way Um, and it it's really important that people understand why you're doing that because otherwise you end up with um, kind of a fractious audience who aren't quite understanding exactly what you're what you're trying to achieve and that doesn't just mean within business stakeholders that's technology stakeholders third parties um, and, and to some extent even if it's a delivery team from within the organization doing it. It's making sure that delivery team hasn't become a third party to the rest of the organization, um, which I've seen happen a number of times. And I, I think there's a point around being quite honest around the delivery um, maturity of the organization. So have you been through this kind of transformation before? Do the people, are the people involved ready for, for change? Do we have to actually dictate our 
delivery roadmap in a slightly different fashion, which is which is right for the organisation and the people involved. You can be very aggressive with the with the plan and the business change, but if the people, if the teams aren't ready to absorb that change, then it's going to fail. So I think you have to be quite honest around actually how fit are we for delivery? Um, can the organisation uh, cope with the change that we've got? And what else is going on within the business as well? So there may be stakeholders that are involved with four or five different projects, which is going to put a real strain on them and their day jobs. So I think having a, an honest conversation about how mature you are um, is really key to success. Yeah, and I think the sentiment is really useful as well. You're saying understanding of like how they feel about the change that's coming up. And obviously the resistance to it is very problematic when you're actually doing the implementation. We're working for a large information services client at the moment, and they've got very disparate business units and you're always running like roadshows to kind of go around and, and, and understand if people see the benefit of what you're trying to do and learn from it before, almost like forcing them to implement. I think it's really important. I think we've kind of talked about the why here. Do you think there's anything why it's important that we haven't said? I think there's probably two things. One is from a transformation point of view, that transformation team is likely to be there for a relatively short period of time. Um, what you're building is something that's going to exist for quite a long time for the people who are going to um, have to live with it. And it's quite, it's, it's a very different set of agendas. Um, and, uh, and I think a lot of the conflict arises there where the transformation team's got a very clear objective. It's going to finish. And whilst the people receiving it are thinking, oh, well, I don't really want to receive it at this point because I'm not sure it's ready and I'm going to have to live with it for 10 years. I think there's a mindset shift that, particularly with an enterprise, people have to take to say, actually, okay, the transformation is bigger at the beginning, but it probably isn't ever going to stop. So it's more of a product mindset than perhaps has traditionally been adopted. Um, and, and I think that starts to move you in, in a quite an interesting direction where the f- initial wave of the transformation is probably smaller and therefore less risky um, and evolves over time which means that as people gain more understanding of what you're delivering and what and the way the business is changing, they have an opportunity to influence it. And actually, you probably get a better return on, on your investment. I think the other angle of organization we've not talked about, which is kind of similar to that, is um, ensuring that it's very user-centric in the way that you're designing the, the product and therefore implementing it. But if you're doing the sentiment kind of understanding of how the business is feeling, then you can ensure those things are part of the releases so they, they see things that directly impact and and benefit their current kind of pains and feelings as well which ultimately will help adoption and therefore it's really important that you just you do understand the business and what they need okay so we've talked about kind of the business and organizations in more of an internal view Um, obviously this customer experience is incredibly important here and actually if you're doing something which you don't understand the impact to the customers then there's huge risk in that so the next stage is customer so what things do you think we need to think about in terms of and what the customer needs. I, th- I think for me, being very clear on, do you really, really understand your customer, what they want now and what they're likely to want in the in the future as well? I think it's easy to react to an emerging trend in the market and design a digital transformation about the the current trends in the market, but very quickly things can change. And so I think if you want to be a customer-centric organisation, you have to design something for the here and now, but also which is flexible enough for the the changing needs of, of customers going forward. Because what you don't want to do is, after six months to a year, uh, rip up what you've already built and what you've put the team through, etc. Because the, ch- the customers change, you have to think about the flexibility um, and and have a 
have a transformation, a system that's going to allow for new products, new ways of selling, new ways of buying uh, going forwards as well. Yeah, I think I think that's very fair. I think the other thing is to digital is a, a favorite word of, of everyone at the moment, but not all parts of the customer journey can be digital. So I think that it's important to think about the segments of your customer base that can be purely digital and maybe there aren't any, maybe there are, um, and may, which of those journeys can be purely digital. But are there bits where actually you have to support some form of omni-channel, maybe there's a much heavier touch, um, maybe there are certain customers for um, accessibility reasons that you, you have to have with a, with a heavier kind of human touch, or maybe there are customers who are so valuable to you or your, your product is so bespoke that only a human interaction is going to make sure that they end up with the right outcome for that customer. So it's important not just to treat your customers' personas as one huge mass of people, but to get into a segmentation that allows you to differentiate between them and understand really where is it that you should be different from your competition and where is it that actually being the same is helpful because it's familiar to your customer. Yeah, I think that omni-channel is a good one. I can actually think of an example um, where we were implementing a digital surveying tool and for one segment of the customer's um, it was very successful, but for others, actually, the uptake of the survey in general drastically fell um, because they weren't ready for digitalization. So, yeah, you're right. It's really important to consider all of the channels, even if you're doing a digital transformation, what's the impact on the other channels? Um, and obviously, there are multiple digital channels that could exist as well. What's the experience or desired experience across those? Yeah, I think I think the, the next point to consider really is, is what you're doing affecting your current customer base so so what is the impact actually on the customer from what what you're doing here or actually is the transformation targeting a new part of the market that you, you haven't worked with before because customers can be put off maybe if you if you if you disrupt them too much of too much coming their way in terms of products and change etc so is it a brand new business model a new market that you're targeting for your customers or is it smaller iterations, changes to your existing customer base to enhance their experience with you? Because that's really going to dictate some of your roadmap as well. I think there's a there's an add to that in that there's still reluctance, I think, in some areas to accept that you can sell certain things digitally. I know that sounds bizarre, but I think more so perhaps in B2B than in B2C. There are still uh, areas where people are worried about pricing transparency and things like that. And the opportunity to go into a new market and test new ideas might be the place to try and understand whether those fears are real or not or to segment again and say right actually this set of customers is costing us so much money it doesn't matter whether we put um, a different price offer out there just getting them onto a digital channel will change the the economics of that customer segment because that reluctance isn't necessarily based in data it's often based in sentiment um, and the only way to overcome it, I think, really, is to experiment. The, the other thing as well, well, we talked about linked to business strategy earlier and delivering on ROI. Um, and a lot of those things are going to be directly customer impacting. So being sensitive to how the customer is perceiving what you're, you're building, what you're releasing, and constantly monitoring that, as you're saying, also will make it more likely that you'll, you'll deliver on your KPIs. You want to see some leading indicators of when you implement something, whether it's successful or not. So some like you know, smaller releases uh, to really test that. Yeah, but you also don't want to forget that the impact on your customer might be that they get an entirely different format of bill 
and you need to tell them about that mm. in advance. So I think there's a level of planning for things that are going to change that aren't earth shattering, but probably have a risk to your revenue, have a risk to debtor days. You know, the template's changing. Maybe that doesn't seem like a big change, but for the accounts receivable person on the other end, perhaps it's automated and it's not going to pick it up. And so you're going to see, you're going to have to deal with the, that fact. Maybe there's reg change you have to communicate. So yeah, we've talked largely about um, the kind of the what here and the why. Um, are there any other things we need to consider in terms of customer, do you think, Ben? I really d don't think you can discount the employee experience um, angle for, for your digital transformation. So you can heavily design for your customers, which, which is great. Um, that's where the revenue comes from, mostly. But I think in order to be successful, the employee experience aspect of the transformation is, is pretty key. So are we designing something that is going to empower our people to make the right decisions at, at the right times to support the customer as well. Have we got good processes in place? Have we got something that's just going to make their lives easier so the time that they're spending isn't on the mundane tasks, the data manipulation, etc. They actually have the data in front of them to make powerful decisions, um, which makes them feel good, but also is really targeted to the customers as well. Yeah, and I guess we talked about organisation previously, but we didn't talk enough kind of necessarily about how that would relate to a good customer experience ultimately right because there are individuals delivering or involved in the service and it's really important that their experience is good in order to deliver a great customer experience and i think we've we've talked about this in in, in a number of other podcasts but it's obvious in direct customer interacting roles like customer service for example or potentially uh, like credit control and billing but actually other areas of the organization will impact as well so say marketing is a great one um, they're not directly interacting with customers, but if they're having a great experience, that comes across in some of the quality of what they do and how it's presented and how they see the customer. So yeah, I, I fully agree with that. And I think employee experience needs to be considered alongside the customer experience too. So we understand the customers, but do we understand the internal uh, perception and experience that this new service or kind of digital transformation in general will offer? So we've talked about business organization and customer, and now we get to the thing which probably mostly people think about first, which is the technology itself. So what important things do you think need to be considered, Matt? I think it, this is interesting because often our customers ask us to, to design um, an implementation plan. And actually the first question we go back to them with is, so what, what problem are you trying to solve? And where are the customer journeys that we're trying to deal with? If you've got all that, great. But uh, I think making sure that you're very clear on the priorities of those areas makes technology selection easier and makes defining what the architecture looks like easier. So um, the, f the first thing that we would look to do in, in that scenario is really to understand what business capabilities you need and what technology stacks might support those business capabilities. And then you'd probably draw the customer journeys across that to understand, okay, where is the priority sitting? So um, through, through those three items we've talked about already, we'll, there's a sense of here is the pain within the business and here is the opportunity to make things better for the customer and make things better for the employee. And that then leads into a conversation about the priority of change within the, the technology architecture. Any technology architecture is informed by both those customer journeys and capabilities, but also by the data that has to support um, each of those things. So you can't draw a, a technology architecture without thinking about, well, do I have contacts? Do I have customers? What's, where, where does my product data sit? How am I going to process order data? And that 
then allows you to start getting down into a little bit more detail around, well, where are those capabilities going to sit? What's the best out there in the market? Who else has got a similar problem? And then how have they solved that similar problem? Yeah, Matt, Matt and I speak about this a lot. I'm, I'm deeply uncomfortable or nervous when uh, a digital transformation is driven by the technology arm of an organization. I actually think you could argue the technology aspect of the four points we've covered today is the least important of, of any of them. I think it's it's easy to be drawn into a technology-driven project which goes out to buy the latest and greatest in the market, which actually isn't aligned to what you're trying to achieve as a business and what your, your customers need. So often the discussion is, oh, we can get the best in the market, but actually what do you need to do to the technology for it to meet the needs, your customer journeys, your customers? Often um, something very simple out of the box meets exactly what you need to do straight away and then build upon it as your customer needs change as opposed to buying something which you think is the latest and greatest into the market but doesn't quite align to what you need and then suddenly you're in the world of customization to try and make it fit what you're trying to do rather than starting with actually the journeys you need to achieve that's most important to you to start with. I think there's a really important point within that about getting off-the-shelf technology in front of people so they can start visualizing what their employee experience is going to be like and what their customer experience is going to be like. It's very difficult for someone to envision that. It's not like an architect designing a house. Architect designs a house. We all know roughly what a house is going to look like. And actually, even then, that process is relatively complex and probably has lots of changes along the way, as I I know from experience. But when you're de- when you're designing something digital, it isn't physical. We all have different interpretations of what good looks like and how to define it. It's defined in words normally, um, and often in quite abstract words. So I think there are you know there's a couple of things there. Firstly, if you can get the thing up and running really quickly, so that users can see it, customers can see it, and say, "I don't like this bit," great. If you can't, and there are lots of reasons why not, and maybe you want to reduce the risk of spend and things like that, then using pictures is really important because that helps to visualize the thing for people. I think um, I personally have been through an interesting learning with technology enterprise architecture. We've talked about like some architectural principles, for example, and platform selection. Where I always used to see enterprise architects off kind of on their own designing the solutions. But I found it quite easy to pivot from customer experience kind of service design into enterprise architecture because actually I think you're making this point Ben it it flows what does the customer want is this product right for it you don't need to be a technical guru to to understand that you actually need to really understand the use case and building that from the point of view of what the customers want and developing therefore technology strategy based on what's in the market that meets those needs I, I think has really changed the way in which the market sees enterprise architecture in general and therefore the way in which technology transformations do happen now and should should occur. And the other point you mentioned, Matt, as well, about kind of getting a visualization of these products, there's very few products which are built or need to be built from scratch. And there's lots of, of ways that you can minimize initial build. So you're right, most things are, are visual. And I've seen some quite successful platform selections where a lot of organizations can actually create demos so tailored that they almost show you how it would work for your use case pretty much out of the box so you can immediately start circulating that and people can see it's real and you can see what will work and, and what won't which has really changed the way in which i think technology and kind of enterprise platform selection works now 
one of the things that having that clear guiding vision from a business strategy point of view and then having a view of what the customer wants, what your employee experience should be, a view of deployment strategy, and then very clear architecture principles and technology strategy gives you is the ability really to kind of operate within some guide rails. So one of the key things from from a a successful technology delivery point of view is that you're going to need to go agile because you want to test and learn and iterate. Now, in order to do that, you need that guiding star. So what this is built to basically is a box within which you can basically build whatever you need to build. And and if we think about that in the context of the point around perhaps reducing the initial ways of transformation, what you end up with is something that you can build over time, focusing on trying to be as out of the box as possible. Now, I know every single client says with a wry smile, but we're special and we're particularly complex. And yet everyone knows that that isn't actually true and that yes there are specific places where it is useful to be complex and it's useful to be differentiated but they are very rare they're likely to be around something around the product or the pricing of the product or the way you discount and bundle they're unlikely to be around most of the standard touch points so that means that when when the architecture principle says we won't customize and we won't build code that should be actually adhered to because from a business strategy point of view, that reduces your overall total cost of ownership and that increases your ROI. And it means that in five years' time, you aren't sitting there, as I know several of our um, customers have been, um, looking at a mess of code and thinking, how on earth did I get here? I didn't set out to get here, um, but 15 years before, I I built this thing and I, I wasn't strong enough in saying no to oh, we need to be custom here because it's a very special process and we can't only do it that way. Um, In our more modern customers, you see people saying, well, yes, of course we'll change the process because we understand that the software um, and SaaS means that the software will continue to improve, but if we customize it, then we won't get the benefit of the improvement. So it's a really important thing for everyone to understand, not just the development team, but the economics of, of that software need to be understood by the business as well because effectively people are shooting themselves in the foot. They're removing the ability to do their job better in the longer term for something that actually they don't really need at this point. So we've covered kind of the four key things to consider in digital transformation. So that's business and its alignment to business strategy, the organization, their current pain points and understanding of the kind of required needs that they have, their maturity to change. The customer, so understanding the customer, what they really need and how your change will impact them and benefit them. Uh, also, it's tie into employees' experience as well, so how their experience is affected and what impact that will have on the customer experience. And then finally, we've just been talking about technology and making the best of off-the-shelf products and reducing your total cost of ownership. So that's all we've got time for today. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, we've given you a little bit of a taster in the kind of what and, and the why in digital transformation. Stay tuned for further episodes where we'll give a bit more of a deep dive into some of these areas and how you successfully implement digital transformations considering those four factors. So thank you very much to Ben and Matt for speaking with me today. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. Thank you, listeners, for listening, and we look forward to welcoming you on another episode of CX Talks. <laughs>